Well, y'all, if you're just now tuning in and you have not heard the last couple of messages, let me kind of catch you up to where we're at. We're in a series called Look at the Bright Side. Everybody say, look at the bright side. If you are at home, you could type it on or keyboard, phone, whatever that looks like. Look at the bright side. Or you could just put a big sun emoji on there. Look at the bright side. So with all of the things going on in our culture, all of the things going on in our world, what Satan wants to do is he wants to plague us with fear. He wants to plague us with worry. He wants to kill us with anxiety. And what God wants us to do is he wants us to have faith. And if you love the Lord and you believe that this morning, shout amen. Amen. God wants us to stand on faith. As a believer, we do not have to live by fear. We don't have to shrink back into worry and anxiety, but he asks us to live by faith. So look at the bright side. What is the bright side? Week one, we talked about how he still saves. Anybody believe that? Amen. Week two, we talked about how he still heals. And y'all, we have had multiple people give their life to Jesus, and we have had seen testimony after testimony of God doing some miraculous healing in the last few weeks. Uh, let me give you an example of something cool that God did last week. If you tuned in last week, you saw uh, we baptized a guy. His name was Chris, and uh, Chris got saved recently. And during this COVID time, he's like, "Man, I just want to get baptized." And we're like, "You know what? We'll just we'll, let's do it. Let's baptize you." And one of the things that he had told Jordan, Pastor Jordan, was that he also wanted to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So he. Wanted wanted to get baptized, and he was kind of hoping like when he came out of the water, boom, he'd be speaking in tongues and baptizing the Holy Spirit. And so we, we uh, if you watched and you saw what happened was we baptized him, and then there were several of us that laid our hands on him when we prayed for him. And you could really spill, feel, you could spill, you could really feel the Spirit moving right up here, but he didn't get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so then we, we, uh, we, I spoke the message, God heals, and then Jordan got up at the very end last week, and he, he told his testimony of God healing him. And at the very end, we prayed for the miraculous, supernatural power of God to go out. And in the back of the room where Chris was, Chris was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit last week in the back of the room. How cool is that? Listen, I know that a ton of you guys have testimonies. I've actually already started seeing them on Facebook. You have testimonies of healings that God is already performing and doing in your life. And I want to encourage you to comment. I want to encourage you to share what God is doing so that he can build other people's faith and so that they can receive the same type of thing that you are receiving at your homes. Amen? How many of you know God's Spirit is not just in, in the church? We're the church. God's Spirit is in us. And where His people are, He meets us where we are. Amen? So this, this week, we've looked at He still saves. We looked at He still heals. This week, we're looking at He still provides. You know, last week, uh, I told you guys there's always a way to look at the bright side. And I shared with you multiple dark sides that you could look at and how you could turn that around. To, uh, there's always a bright side. Amen? Always. Right now, with all the stuff going on with our technology, there's a bright side. What's the bright side? I don't know. We'll figure it out later. But there is a bright side. So what is the bright side? You can always find a bright side. So, uh, for example, maybe this week you got your identity stolen. That's a bummer, right? That's not a very bright thing. But look at the bright side. You are so cool of a person that somebody wanted to be you so bad that they stole your identity. That's, that's a bright side right there. Well, maybe, maybe for you, I know, it's getting pretty corny, right? Ladies, maybe this week you got broken up with unexpectedly by your boyfriend. I have a bright side. There's not all the time in your life that you're going to be justified to eat as much 
ice cream as you want and no one's going to judge you. But right now, at this week, at this time, you can have as much ice cream as you want. And not one person's going to judge you. They're just going to be like, oh, she deserves it right now because he broke up with her this week. Look at the price tag. Go get you a carton of ice cream. Now is the time because later they're going to judge you for it. Okay? All right. Number three. Listen, some of you, I've seen this all over Facebook. What's the biggest thing on Facebook right now? It's people talking about their hair salons being closed. It is. It's It's everywhere. I seen it yesterday. Devin Way posted about his, his, his hair salon being closed or his hair lady being closed. So listen, I know that some of you ladies, you are freaking out. You are like, my blonde is no longer blonde. My brown roots are coming out and I'm not going to die it myself. I need my hair salon lady back. And it's now we don't know when she's going to open back up. So how do I look at the bright side? Listen, there's tons of bright sides for you. Some of you, your hair is like naturally dreading right now. It's like you got these cool dreads going. What's the bright side? Let me give you a few of them. Number one, I have been doing haircuts for 15 years. And I'm very good at the haircut that I have. I will cut you for free this week. Anybody that wants to come get a cut, I will cut you for free. Look at the bright side. How about another bright side? You still have hair. Yeah. Uh-huh. I may not have to go to my nail salon, but my, my hair salon, but it's because I don't have any hair. So there is always a bright side. Somebody shout amen. Okay, now let's dive into the message before it gets too... Um, anyways, he still provides. He still provides. Anybody out there that God has just so many times provided exactly what you needed in your life? Amen. If that's you and you're at home, just, just type in amen so that people can see that he is our provider. Each week we've been looking at a Bible story, and we're going to go way back old school today. So if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to turn with me to the book of Exodus. If you're brand new and you don't know where that is, it's, it's going to be easy today because it is the second book in the Bible. Exodus chapter 16, we're going way old school. For those of you that, uh, that, that don't know what that is, it's when God provided for Israel manna and quail. Very, very very cool story. So Exodus chapter 16, and while you're turning, I'm just going to ask the Lord, would he, would he uh, illuminate the scriptures this morning and speak to his people? Lord, as we dig into your word today, God, I pray that you would speak to your people. I pray that you would do what only you can do. You would illuminate the scriptures, and each and every person gets a revelation from you that you speak to us individually God, you are our provider, and help us to see that today. In your precious name I pray, amen. Okay, Exodus chapter 16, I'm going to start reading in verse 1. We're going to go with verses 1 through 3. It says, Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of sin. That's a wilderness I want to stay out of. (laughs) Between Elam and the Mount Sinai, they arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. There, too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. You know what there, too, means? It means they've been doing this a lot. (laughs) They complained about about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread that we wanted. Now you have brought us into the wilderness to starve us to death. Let's stop right there. Let's start off by remembering something very, very important in your notes. If you're taking notes, the title is He Still Provides. Number one in your notes is this. If he provided before, 
he will provide again. Amen? How many of y'all he's provided before? If he provided before, he will provide again. You know, honestly, reading about Israel in the Bible, it's tough to be patient with these people. Amen? You read about them, and there too, they complained again. There too, they complained about Moses. They complained about Aaron. They complained about food. They complained about their feet hurting. They complained about God. They complained about this. They complained about that. There they, listen, if he provided before, he will provide again. Listen, if you don't know the story of Israel coming out of Egypt, I want to share with you, this is one month after they have been gone from Egypt. Let's, let's talk about real quickly what's happened so far. Okay, so Moses comes into Egypt. They have been slaves for 400 years. Moses comes into Egypt, and, uh, and God begins to bring plagues, and he brings these plagues of locusts and, and flies and frogs and gnats and livestock and water turned into blood, and they're watching the hand of God flow there in Egypt and hail, and, and God comes, and the death angel kills the, the firstborn of Egypt, but he does not kill the firstborn of Israel. And what happens is the Israelites, all of these plagues come in, and it only affects the Egyptians. It does not affect Israel. So they're literally watching the hand of God move for his people. Then what happens? Then they get their freedom. And Pharaoh releases them and they get out and they start running and they start whining and they start moaning and they get to this big sea and they start whining. And when they start whining, boom, God opens the Red Sea and they run across on dry land watching the hand of God move. They run across on dry land. What happens when they get to the dry land? They turn around and the, the enemy is coming to kill them and God releases the sea and it sweeps over and kills all of their enemies. And then they take off and they go and in Exodus 14, it talks about the cloud that they, that they follow by day and the fire that they follow by night. What do you mean, Pastor? I mean the presence of God is literally leading Israel around where they need to go. This has only been one month that they've been free. And what are they doing? Instead of thanking God for all of the different things that's going on, they sound like Americans today. What are they saying? Oh, my life sucks. Oh, I just hate everything that's going on. Oh, I'm so hungry. Oh, I need whatever it is. That's what they're doing. This is what Israel is doing. We were in Egypt, and yeah, we got beaten. We were in slavery and all of these bad things, but at least we got to eat. We, we had pots of meat there. You know, the more I read about these guys, the more I understand why God got so angry with them. You know, Moses actually talks to God out of wiping them off of the face of the earth one time because God was like, that's it. I'm just wiping these dudes out. I'm going to start over. You ever feel like that with your kids? No, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't say anything like that. But when you read the story, you like want to go back in time and slap, slap some sense into them. You know what I'm saying? But then, you know what, church, when I start to think that way, I have to calm down and remind myself that I am also human. And I also do the same things that Israel did. Ugh. And sometimes somebody needs to slap some sense into me, even though I don't want to. I don't want to say that, you know. I want to ask you guys two very important questions, tough questions. Question number one: How many times have you seen God miraculously provide in your life? And then there's a follow-up question. The follow-up question is kind of hard because that one's like, yeah, I've seen a move. Boom. 
Question number two is this. How many times have you still lost trust in him despite what you've seen him do? Ah, oh, that one hurts. I don't, know, I don't know about you guys, but the answers to both of those questions for me are probably too many to count because God has provided for me over and over and over again, and yet I still have lost trust and doubted over and over and over again. Church, it's, it, it's in times like right now, in times that we struggle and we need God to provide, that we have got to remember the times that he's already provided. We have to remember that he provided with, for me when I was young and I was broke and I didn't have a good job and all of these things were going on. I had a young family. He provided for me in my toughest financial time. He provided for me whenever I was stupid and I was a heathen and I was way, way out there in sin. He provided a way for me then. He provided so many different ways for me in so many different times in my life. And right now he's going to provide for me too. If. I can stand in faith, and I can give those things to him. He will move mountains, and he will work miracles. We have to remember that, especially in seasons like right now, when people are sick and losing their jobs and struggling like never before, we have to remember what God has done for us. We have to remember, just like Israel needed to remember, the things that he's done in our lives. Let's continue to read. Exodus chapter 16, I'm going to read verses 4 and 5. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as, as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether they will or will not follow my instructions. Oh, I hate it when he says that. Verse 5, on the sixth day they will gather food, and when they prepare it, there will be twice as much as usual. Okay, let's stop there. Uh, no, let's not stop there. Let's keep going. So, so what happens is he tells Moses, here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell Israel that I'm going to provide food for them from heaven. And that on the sixth day, I want them to, to gather enough for two days. Because the seventh day is going to be a, a day of rest for God. And, uh, and then Aaron goes out and Aaron uh, tells Israel exactly what God wanted him to tell. And then we get to verse 13. And in verse 13, it says, That evening, vast numbers of quail flew in and covered the camp. And the next morning, the area around camp was wet with dew. When the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were, were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. And Moses told them, it's the food the Lord has given for you to eat. Verse 16. These are the Lord's instructions. Each household should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. So the people of Israel did as they were told. Some gathered a lot. Some gathered only a little. Check this out. Verse 18 is my favorite part of this. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over. And those who only gathered a little had just enough. Each family had just what it needed. And we're going to move to point number two. Point number two in your notes is this. God will provide exactly what you need. God will provide exactly what you need. I love verse 18. Here's what verse 18 says. Some of the people had big old families, so those people went and they gathered up a whole lot of food. And then others had small families. They went up and they gathered just a little bit of food. 
And when everyone brought their food back and they were done eating for the day and everything was done, everyone had just enough. I want to stop here and I want to say that it says that they followed the instruction of the Lord. When you follow the instruction of the Lord and you allow him to be your provider instead of yourself to be your provider and yourself to be where you have your faith, then what happens is God will give you exactly what you need. Amen? I did not say he'll give you exactly what you want. I said he'll give you exactly what you need. One of my favorite texts in scriptures in the Bible concerning God as our provider is in Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read it to you. It's one of my favorites. It says, don't worry, verses 31 through 34, don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Look at 32. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all of your needs. And then he tells us what to do. Seek the kingdom of God above everything else. Live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Troubles, today's trouble is enough for today. And everybody said amen. Y'all, I know it's tough to believe. Sometimes it can be tough to believe. The enemy wants to rob us of our faith. But God is saying, if you will do what I've asked you to do, if you will do the instructions that I've told you, if you will live righteously, if you will seek the kingdom of God above the earthly kingdom that we live in, I will provide everything that you need, period. Everybody say period. End of the sentence. What does that mean? There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you do the things that God is asking us to do, he is going to provide. The issue is so many times we lose our faith. Or the issue is, so many times, we don't do what he's asked us to do. Or the issue is, when he's not providing how we think that he should providing, we take over and decide that we're going to provide for it instead. Amen? That's what we do. That is human nature of what we do. We get in our mind a certain way that we want our life to be. And then if God is not providing what we want him to provide for our life to be at the standard that we want it to be, then we're going to provide that. Instead of doing exactly what he's told me, well, I was going to seek your kingdom first, but I wanted that over there. And so because I'm not getting what I wanted to get, now I'm going to have to go get an extra job so that I can get what I want to get over there. If you're not going to be my provider, then I'll be my provider. Anybody ever been there? And it's quiet in here. There's like, these are our, our righteous people in here. I need you guys to help me out. <laughs> Listen, maybe in your life right now, you're complaining about your job. I don't, I don't like the job that I have. You're putting in half-hearted work at your job. You're talking about how much you want to quit and, and, and you, you know, you don't deserve this job anyways. And listen, here's what I look at the bright side. You have a job. And maybe instead of thinking about what you need, what you want, you should be faithful in what God has provided you. And instead of complaining about the job that you have, maybe you should be giving praises for the job that you have. Why? Because God has given you what you need. It may not necessarily be what you want right now, but it is what you need. Or maybe you got an old car and you want something a lot newer. And you just can't, you can't afford it right now, but you know what? I'm just going to go. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to 
step out in faith, really what you're saying is I'm going to be stupid and go buy something that I cannot afford. And God's saying, no, 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 that's not me talking to you. That's the devil's spirit talking to you. I want you to be thankful for what you have. I want you, I'm, I'm trying to teach you lessons in driving the car that you're driving right now. And when you are faithful right here, I will provide the things that will get you the things that you want later. But what you need to do is stay faithful. What you need to do is seek the kingdom. What you need to do is follow the instructions that I've given you. And eventually... We'll get there. But your mind is not in the right place right now. Y'all, it's quiet in here. Here's what we need to understand. The Lord has promised that he will meet every need. Every need for my family. Every need for my job. Every need for my relationships. Every need for my finances. It's not our job to question his provision. It's our job to do what he's asked us to do. And allow him to provide what we need. I'm going to be honest with y'all. In my personal life, I have seen this time after time after time after time again. Let me give you a couple of examples. Y'all, it's hard. It's hard stepping out in faith. It's hard. Think, think of yourself being Israel right now. They're starving. That ain't easy. That's hard. They hungry. When you get hungry, then you get hangry. Those things are hard. This is not easy stuff. When you're, when you're, when you're, when you're um, looking to allow God to provide instead of doing it all yourself and making things happen yourself, that's tough stuff. I remember one of the times, was most, one of the most challenging times was whenever we first started tithing. Y'all, that's hard. What do you mean, Pastor? Why was that so hard? Let me tell you why it was hard. Let me, let me get, grab a stool come talk to you for a minute. Let me tell you why that was so hard. When we first started tithing, I was working two and a half jobs. Christy was not really working. Uh, she was the stay-at-home mom. And uh, I was working two and a half jobs, and we didn't have almost no money coming in. So what it looked like, this is no joke. So what it looked like was at the end of the week, we might have $20 at the end of the week that we could go and splurge at McDonald's or something. Okay, no joke. So when we get saved, you know, our, our, our lives are moving in the direction that they need to be moving. We're talking about tithing. We're talking about growing our faith and allowing God to provide the instructions that we need to be doing right now is tithing. We're supposed to be giving 10%. It's not even ours. We're stealing it from God right now. We're saved and we're stealing from God. This is guilt building up in me. And we're like, and I'm like, babe, we can't give our tithes. What do you mean we can't give our tithes? Well, we have $20 at the end of the week. If we give our tithes, not only are we not going to have that $20 sometimes that we have at the end of the week, but we're going to have to pick something that we're not going to be able to pay. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't know that I'm okay with doing that. And so we have this conversation, you know, three, four, five weeks go by. And she says, just write the check. Yeah, okay. Okay, we'll write the check. So for a month, we write the check. Listen, can I, can I be honest with you? It wasn't easy. At the end of the month, I didn't have an extra $100. I didn't even have the extra $20. Matter of fact, there was two or three times that first month that I didn't have a whole lot of money to buy the groceries with, but God provided everything that we needed. Listen, there was one, I remember two or three different times where I was sitting at home trying to think of how we were going to eat supper and somebody showed up with supper. They showed up with the thing that we needed. That's tough. That's hard. That ain't easy. It ain't easy being dad thinking, okay, you're going to go rob the store so you can feed the kids. What are you going to do? 
What are you going to do? I mean, that is not easy stuff. But God says, if you will do what I've asked you to do. So we went months and months. And now, at this point in our lives, God is blessing us financially. Now, there's still times that we, we have struggles, but it's mostly our own struggles because we buy something maybe that we shouldn't have bought or we all make those kind of mistakes. But what I'm saying is God provides exactly what we need when we need it. Sometimes we have to live in times where it's a struggle to get by and God is teaching us something through that. He's teaching us faith and building our faith. It was so cool. One of the uh, most recent things at the end of 2019, I was looking to pay off some bills and just, uh, just get rid of some debt that we had accumulated. And um, so I told Chrissy, hey, I think I'm going to sell my motorcycle. She's like, really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to sell her. I know. She's great. I love her. She's beautiful and all the things. But I think it's time. I think I want to use that money to pay off some stuff. And so, um, so I put it up for sale on, a, I believe it was a Friday. And I put it up for sale on a Friday. I had about three grand in the motorcycle. Uh, I figured I could sell it for maybe 3500 And so put it online. And Wednesday, we, we did our rounds for church. And I drove my bus. And I get off of my bus in the back. And we start walking through the field. And it uh, makes absolutely no sense to me. But I heard the Lord speak to me. And he said to me, I want you to give your motorcycle away to this person. And I, I mean, I stopped as we were walking Huh? That ain't God. <laughs> Mm-mm. That's, I, I'm not even sure I want to sell it, like giving it away. <laughs> uh, that is not the Lord. No, sir. We take off walking again. I don't even say anything. I was walking with a couple of people. I didn't even say anything to them. And uh, I looked up because my motorcycle was parked up under the awning, and I looked up at the motorcycle, and I felt like that he said, are you kidding me? I want you to give the bike away. <sighs> Okay. Well, so then I'm on my drive home, and I thought, you know, I don't really want to tell Christy this in person. Uh, this is a bad idea. Let me call her. <laughs> so I called Christy, and, and she's on the phone. I said, hey, I, I really feel like that the Lord spoke to me tonight, and that doesn't happen all the time, so I really, I really want to be faithful in this. And she said, well, what did he say? And I said, I feel like he told me that I was supposed to give my motorcycle to this person. And it was quiet for a second. And she said, well... You realize that you'd be stupid if you didn't give the motorcycle to him. And I thought about that for a second. She said, well, Josh, if you're not even sure if it's God speaking to you, just know this. The Bible says give and it will be given. So even if you're just stepping out and giving it away, God's going to give it back to you. So, you know, well, if the Lord didn't convict me of it, well, my wife just made me sound like you're an idiot if you don't go do it. So I went home and I grabbed my title to my motorcycle and I signed it all out. I called that person, asked them if they wanted to meet me at IHOP. We go to IHOP and I said, hey, look, I don't even know if you like what is in this envelope, but you're not going to be able to give it back to me. This was the Lord. And I told him he spoke it to me. I don't know if you want the motorcycle. I don't know if you're supposed to sell the motorcycle, but God is challenging me to give you this. So here's this, and I'm leaving, and I left. And so I completely didn't think anything else about it. And um, we're going through, I think it had been about six weeks. And we got about six weeks after I sold the motorcycle. And we came into um, about $12,000 that we had no idea that we were about to get. And when, when I heard that we were about to get this $12,000, I heard the Lord speak to me and go, isn't it good to do what I ask you to do? 
Listen, I wouldn't have got $12,000 for the motorcycle, but I got $12,000 from the Lord for giving away a motorcycle that was worth about $3,500. How many of you would do that if you could do it again? Amen. Listen, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying when we do what God has asked us to do, when we seek the kingdom of God first, when we follow the instructions that he's given us, it may not always make sense, and it may go through a time where life stinks. But I promise you, he's going to provide everything you need. When we started tithing, we never missed a payment, and we never went hungry. Now, there was a lot of times where I questioned a lot of things. But we never missed a payment, and we never went hungry, and neither of those things should have been able to happen with us taking on this new note of paying tithes. Let's, let's keep going in this story. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying, number one, if God's done it before, whether that's in your life or whether that's in the Word, if He's provided before, He'll provide again. Number two... I am saying that God will provide exactly what you need. Now let's jump into, let's, let's finish the story. Exodus chapter 16 and verses 19 through 29 says this. It says, then Moses told them, do not keep any of it until morning. But some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. <laughs> oh. But by then it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. Moses was very angry with them. After this, the people gathered food morning by morning, each family according to its need. And as the sun became hot, the, the flakes that they had not picked up melted and dis disappeared. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much as usual, four quarts for each person instead of two. Then all the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation, and he told them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set aside what, what was left for tomorrow. Now remember, this didn't make sense because the last time they set some aside, it had maggots and it smelled. So why would they want to do this? So we get to verse 24, and it says, So they put some aside until morning, just as Moses had commanded. And in the morning, the leftover food was wholesome and good, without maggots or odor. Moses said, Eat this food today, for today is a Sabbath day dedicated to the Lord. There will be no food on the ground today. You may gather food for six days, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. There will be no food on the ground that day. Some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day. But they found no food. The Lord asked Moses, how long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. I'm going to stop right there. What happened? Here's what happened. God began to provide for Israel. And when Israel did what God told them and instructed them to do, they were blessed and they got exactly what they needed. And when they did what they were not supposed to do, then they had maggots in their food on the days after, or they had no food on the, seventh, on the Sabbath day because they didn't do what they were supposed to do. Number three this morning is this. Taking matters into your own hands only makes things worse. Anybody ever find that to be true? <laughs> Taking matters into your own hands only makes things worse. The Israelites 
despite all that God had done, couldn't seem to grasp that they just needed to do what he told them to do. Go gather as much as you want, but don't keep it until morning. Eh, I really want to sleep in in the morning. It's going to be a late night tonight. I'm just, I'm just going to gather a little bit extra. I'm just going to sleep in. Then you sleep in and your whole tent stinks now. And you got maggots in it. Oh, you know what? I don't really want to, I don't want to go out on Saturday and gather all those things. And then and I just, I'm, I'm going to go out on Sunday. Who knows? There's, if there's food every day of the week, doesn't it just make sense that there's going to be food out there? He just doesn't, he wants us to not work, but you know, God could be wrong, right? I mean, there could be food out there. Let's just go out on the seventh day. When you take things into your own hands, you only make things worse. Listen, though, I don't want you to be too quick to judge Israel, even though it's real easy to read their story and judge them. But I feel like if somebody was reading my story, boy, all throughout my story, they'd be judging me too. So let me give you a visual aid of what this looks like. Let me show you how hard this would have been in their scenario. And when when I'm sharing this with you, I'm going to invite our worship team to come up, and we're going to end this morning with a worship song. I want you to imagine with me, okay, that you are in a wilderness. Uh, Let's just say you're not in a wilderness. Let's say you are quarantined at home and you cannot leave, all right? You're quarantined at home. You cannot leave. At this part in your life, you literally can't leave. Like, it's martial law, lockdown, blah, 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 and you just ran out of food, Okay, two days ago, three days ago, maybe four days ago, you've run out of food. Now, for me to be hungry is one thing, but for my children to be hungry, that's a whole nother thing. And so what am I doing? At first, I started, day one, I was praying. Lord, could you please provide? Day two, probably still praying. By day four, I'm frustrated. I'm hangry. My kids are hungry. I'm visualizing God is not a provider for me right now because he's not providing. So what do I start doing? I start whining. I'm whining. God's probably heard me whine over and over again. This is the scenario that they're in right now. This is where we're at. They're whining. In the midst of my whining, I have somebody show up with a box of food at my house. He knocks on the door And he says, hey, my name's, put your name there. My name's Paul, and I'm from Clawson, and we have a food box ministry. He's got this massive box of food, and he says, here's some frozen chicken, and you got pancakes that you can eat this morning, and here's some noodles that you can fix the whole family for lunch. And as I'm looking at this box of food, I'm probably in tears right now, and I'm going, Lord, you are my provider. You have brought a food box to my door. And I'm thinking right now about, well, if we, if we manage this food very, very well, and this food can last us two weeks, three weeks, maybe, maybe four weeks if we manage it really, really well. And so I'm looking at this food and I'm thanking God, you know, you provided this food. And as I give you the box and I turn around, the last thing that I say to you is, oh yeah, by the way, I want you to eat as much food as you can eat today. But whatever's left in the box, I want you to throw in the dumpster. And God's going to provide for you tomorrow. I can make that food work for three and a half weeks. You want me to throw food in the dumpster? That ain't God. Mm -mm. God is not 
He's going to try to tell me to throw food away. These canned vegetables, these vegetables will last for days. Why would I throw that away? I'm just telling you what I was told. What I was told is that this is what's been provided for today. You can literally eat as much as you want and throw the rest away, and he's going to provide for you tomorrow. What would you do with that? Before you judge Israel, what would you do with that food box? Would you do what God told you to do? Remember, you have been hungry for days. This is not like you missed a meal and somebody's providing a meal for you. You have been hungry for days. And God's asked them to throw out the remainder of their food even though they've been hungry for days. Why would you do that? You do that because he told you, if you do what I ask you to do, I'll continue to provide and I'll bless you and I'll give you the things. But if you don't, why keep coming whining to me if you're not going to do what I ask you to do? Man. Sometimes what God asks us to do makes absolutely no sense. And that's why it causes faith in order for us to be doing what God has called us to do. That's what Israel did is they kept, they held on to some of it. They had been hungry. It makes sense. Except for that's not what God asked them to do. Here's what we do when things get tough. We try to work out in our mind the safest and the smartest thing to do. But God doesn't always want us to do the safest and the smartest thing. God wants us to step out and have faith. If we only do the safe thing, we never build and grow our faith. So this morning in your life, I'm asking you, where is it that God is wanting to provide? Would you stand with me wherever you're at, in your homes? If you're in here, would you stand with me? Here's what God says. He says, if you'll do what I've asked you to do, I'll provide. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Live righteously. And I will give you everything you need. Don't worry about tomorrow. Because I've already got tomorrow covered. There's enough worries for today. Listen, I want to pray for everybody today. I believe that God still saves. I believe that he still heals. And I believe that he still provides. And I believe that the God that provided yesterday is still here to provide today. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Listen, if you're watching this morning or if you're here this morning and maybe you've been allowing worry and you've been allowing doubt to plague your mind and your heart, listen, I'm gonna ask you just to release that to God and to allow him to strengthen you and build your faith. Or maybe, just maybe, you're here and you've been doing everything right except you have not been following the instructions that he's been asking you to do. And what you need to do is to dedicate yourself wholly to God. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I believe that God wants to provide for marriages. I believe that God wants to provide for families. I believe that God wants to provide whatever your need is that if you will put your faith in him and you will dedicate yourself to him, that he will provide what you need. 
If you need him to do that with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just lift your hand? And I want to pray for everyone, whether you're in this room or whether you're under the sound of my voice. Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. And God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would just be our provider. I pray that you would provide for the families that need you to provide food or finances or physical things in their life today. Father, I pray for the marriages that you need to help them and restore the love and provide the love and the passion that they once had. Father, I pray that you would help us and provide the faith that we have to, 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 God, to move forward with you and build our walk with you. Father, you be our provider right now. In the name of Jesus, as we put our faith in you, as we seek first the kingdom of God, and as we live as righteously as we possibly can, Father, I pray that you would provide in our lives. Listen, if you're here and you struggle with following the instructions that God's given you, whether that's in the word or whether that's instructions where he tells you to do something and you struggle with knowing whether to do it or not. I want to pray for you, Heavenly Father. God, you said without faith, it is impossible to please you. And God, I pray that you would grow and that you would build our faith. And Father, the only way that we can build our faith is for our faith to be tested. So I pray that you would speak to your people, that you would instruct your people, that you would give us things to do in your word and in our lives. Speak to us by your spirit. Father, and I pray that you would give us the faith that we need to do what you've asked us to do in all of the situations. And Lord, I love you and I praise you and I thank you at home, wherever you're at. We're going to sing this last song together. And I just want to encourage you, would you just allow the Spirit of the Lord to move on you, to build your faith, to help you to move? Lord, we love you and we thank you and praise you. Let's sing this song together.